0: Feeling sad or disappointed about our broken world? Dana Gresh confesses how the events of 2020 and 2021 have caused a root of bitterness to grow within her. She'll help you take inventory to see if you might have one sprouting up and give you the first step in overcoming it. This message was recorded in the Pure Freedom Sound studio without an audience because, well, the global pandemic. Here's Dana.
1: What makes you feel sad? I wanted to jump on here today and just be as transparent as I can be so that maybe you can avoid a trap that I've fallen into without even realizing it. Bitterness, it has me in its bonds, and I'm, well, right now I'm fighting to get out. As we come to the anniversary of what what was really the first time most of us heard the word coronavirus, I'm bitter. And I honestly didn't realize it, but today it it began to make some sense to me. And I'm kind of hoping that my clarity, the clarity that I've recently found, might help you discern if it's happening to your heart too. Now, you've probably heard of someone becoming bitter towards another person because they refuse forgiveness to that offender. But is it possible that we can become embittered by painful circumstances? I think the answer is yes. Yes. And if you need a biblical example, I can point you to one, the book of Ruth. Check out Ruth's mother-in-law's heart. Naomi doesn't just feel bitter. She tells everyone to start calling her Mara, which means bitter. In doing so, she's identified first and foremost by this rogue emotion. Let me read to you Ruth 1, verse 20. Naomi said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Ooh, I do not want anyone to hear me say that. But here's what's happening. Rather than leaning into God for comfort, Naomi blames him. And she becomes bitter. You know what? We too can become bitter when we blame people, circumstances, or God for the disappointments and pain in our life, rather than leaning into others and leaning into God for comfort. Massive spoiler alert here, we can't seek consoling if we've not recognized our pain. What makes you sad? Are you sad that you're stuck at home helping your kids with remote learning when you had big plans to, I don't know, start a new women's ministry? Are you sad that you haven't been able to go on vacation again after it was rescheduled a second time? Are you sad that your marriage is feeling some strain that it hasn't experienced in years and years? Are you sad that you're single? And you sure would like to meet someone to spend your life with. But how on earth do you do that in the middle of a pandemic? What makes you sad? We've been tested in a refining fire. We have. And the heat, it didn't seem so great at first, did it? And let's be honest, I want to be clear that many people that I know have endured much more painful testing than I have. Maybe you know somebody who's in a much more painful place than you are. But it seems like this heat and this fire, it's not going to die out anytime soon. Here's the thing, you know that fable about the frog being slowly boiled alive? Some 19th century experiments suggested that the underlying premise was actually true that the frog would never know it was in danger, so it wouldn't jump out of the pot. But contemporary biologists have declared the premise false. A frog that is gradually heated will jump out. Friend, I cannot control how hot the heat will get, but I'm telling you today I'm jumping out of the slow-boiling pot of bitterness. In the next four weeks, I want to take some time to release to you Some lessons I've been learning from the book of Ruth, and this is the first one. I'm seeking to live according to God's truth as we enter year number two of a global pandemic, racial division, political unrest. I need these lessons. I need these life lessons, and I hope you'll find them helpful. Life lesson number one from Ruth, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be sad. In fact, I think it's essential. One year ago, my career was the stuff my childhood dreams were made of. And by that, I mean when I was eight years old, I walked forward in my church at a missions conference and I prayed that God would make me a Bible teacher and a missionary. A year ago, I was writing my first Bible study for women, Habakkuk. Some of you have done that study with me. And I had recently become the co-host of my dear friend Nancy DeMoss-Walgelnus' Revive Our Hearts program. At the time, a year ago, I was packing my suitcase to go speak at a conference for several thousand Latin women, Mujer Verdadera. For a girl who dreamed of this her whole life, it seemed like things were really falling into place. Hey, you know, when I think about it, my personal life was pretty neat and tidy, too. All my friendships were on track. And get this, we were actually unified in our opinions on major life issues. Who knew how frail that was to become? Fast forward to February 2021, and I just feel empty. And that's how Naomi expressed the way she felt after a year of heartache that was admittedly far worse than the year I've just been through she'd lost her husband, she'd lost her sons, she was having to move, she was in the middle of a famine. She articulated her pain this way in Ruth 121. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. I don't know about you, but that feels like my year. Do you feel empty too? One specific place that feels just so vacuous is my writing and teaching opportunities. Now, Stick with me because this might not be where your hurt is, but it's where mine is. My writing and teaching opportunities have been swallowed by the day-to-day grind of necessary administrative duties at True Girl. We've worked so hard as a team to shift from what was a touring ministry to keep bringing tools and resources into your homes that brings mom and daughters closer to each other and closer to Jesus. That's included a lot of live events and a new monthly subscription box. Those things didn't happen easily. Those things happened by me leaving my writing and doing an administrative job full time. It's been a full year since I've had the luxury of regularly scheduled days to research and soak in what God is teaching me so that I can share it with others. I had to call my publisher just a few weeks ago and delay a book that was set to release this year. It was a sad moment for me. Well, if you're a teacher, you already know this, but asking a teacher not to learn and package what she's learning for others, well, that's like asking a fish not to swim. But I wanted to wear my big girl pants this year. I needed to. I wanted to do whatever needed to be done to get all of us through this. What have you lost this year? What corner of your life feels empty? I bet you put on your big girl pants. I just kind of think you might be that kind of girl. You did what you had to do, didn't you? But I have to ask, did we forget one important thing, one really important thing in our personal respond to the global pandemic to-do list? Have we forgotten to grieve? What's happening in our world right now is very sad. And God has gifted us with an appropriate emotional response. Listen, people are lying, they're fighting, they're killing each other. And they're dying from a virus. We've lost jobs, chances, vacations, relationships. Our children and grandchildren need to see us use the emotional tool God created for us to process disappointment and loss. We need to grieve. And I really haven't done that. The scriptures are full of advice for us to weather trials and testings. And today I found this precious treasure. 1 Peter 1.6 It says, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter was writing to believers who'd become refugees as they fled persecution. They missed their friends, their families, their jobs, they missed their normal. Sound familiar? Though our circumstances are certainly different, it seems like they might have been missing some of the same things we are. And while this chunk of scripture points us towards the hope of Christ, it's also embedded with permission to do something important, grieve. I wonder, could Naomi have avoided bitterness if she'd just taken the time she needed to cry and ask God to hold her heart tenderly? Earlier, I mentioned that we become bitter when somebody has wounded us or when circumstances cause pain in our lives. That's not exactly true. We become bitter when we don't have an appropriate biblical response to people who wound us and circumstances that disappoint us. You hear that? When our response isn't what God designed us to do, that's when we become bitter. And the beginning of a godly response is sadness. I've been doing so many things right to get myself and others through this crazy year. But I forgot one. It didn't occur to me that I needed to grieve. That I had permission to grieve, even the little things. After all, they came sort of slowly. One by one, I lost little things. Day by day, my life changed ever so slowly. And here I am, sitting in a life that looks quite different from the one I was living. Just one very long year ago. When I left my office the other day, I realized how much I miss my work as a writer, as a teacher. It's why I'm sitting here in a room all by myself with just my sound producer, Dylan, teaching you because I have to, I need to, I want to. And just like I did two days ago when I figured this out, I cried, Um, I'm crying now. Sorry. Told you I would be transparent. I have the feeling that this is the beginning of something good. What have you lost this year? It can be just something as silly as taking a day to research and write a blog or a podcast or delaying a book. Those are those are not life-altering awful things. Those are just disappointments. But it's okay to be sad about them. What have you lost? I want to be clear, I'm not just talking about the really big things. The big things in our world, they need to be grieved over and cried over. And I have done a little bit of that. I have grieved over the pandemic and the lives lost and and the political chaos and the racial pain. It's just that I miss the little things. And they need to be grieved too. They deserve to be acknowledged. So I encourage you. Take another quick look at that familiar verse, 1 Peter 1, 1.6. We don't just process grief in really big trials or truly horrific ones. God's grace and kindness makes room for us to, let me quote, suffer grief in all kinds of trials, even the little ones. Today, I give you permission to grieve.
0: Does your daughter need permission to be sad too? Dana's ministry for tween girls, True Girl, has released an all-new study for girls ages 8 to 12 based on the book of Ruth. It's called Ruth, Becoming a Girl of Loyalty. Together, you'll explore topics like finding joy in hard times and seeing God in painful circumstances. Learn more at MyTrueGirl.com. This podcast was produced by Pure Freedom Ministries.